Welcome to Public Safety Talk Radio, the podcast for all of our heroes of public safety, including law enforcement professionals, firefighters, EMTs, corrections officers, healthcare workers, and more. The show is produced by the POCUA and is founded upon its soundness initiative. This episode is sponsored by the finest service organization, a provider of line of duty death loan protection through many of our POCUA institutions. I am Ken Bader, your host for Public Safety Talk Radio, and I have a first today on Public Safety Talk Radio, our very first probation officer. We're really, really excited to to have her and to talk about the profession and, and most importantly, talk a little bit about her journey. But let me tell you a little bit about her. Her name is Tree McManus, uh, and it's Tricia McManus Weimer, I guess, you know, in the bio, but we shortened it to to Tree. Um, She's been nice enough to allow us to call her Tree, so we're going to do that. She has a bachelor's degree in criminal justice administration, and her field work is in juvenile justice. Uh, She is, she has two certifications in juvenile supervision officer and juvenile probation, and she currently works at the Juvenile Justice Center in Abilene, Texas, probably really hot over there, as a certified juvenile probation officer in the Edentake unit, but also works at JSO Corrections. Tree, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. And as a side note, probably not a side note, uh, I am really excited to have her because she is one of the co-authors that I have had the privilege to work with in the collaborative book that you can see if you're watching the video version behind her, From No Worth to Self-Worth. And her chapter was amazing. We're going to get to that. But we want to hear first, or at least I want to hear, you know, what is the probation officer profession like you know what is it that you do on a daily basis and who do you help um on a daily basis what we do is uh we have three departments in probation Mm -hmm. we have the court deferred and intake unit what what i do is i i'm in the intake probation um i'm the first the first one when the kid comes in through through the doors, I'm the first one they see. So it's more of an um, impact that I bring on to them. Um, I enjoy I enjoy working every every day with these juveniles um, because it's so important to change the lives for them to become better citizens. On a daily basis, what I do is when once they come through the doors, I make sure I'm assessing them. I determine whether I get to hold them or they be released, um, just basically off of uh, their, their um, probable cause. Yeah. Whether, you know, if they've been harming themselves or others, if they're in danger, if they need supervision, that's that's what I go by on determining whether I'm going to hold them or keep them. Um, then after they're assessed, I also, I am dual certified to work as a juvenile corrections. So I'm, I'm with the kids the whole eight hours a day or 12 hours a day that, that I'm there. And which, which is like an amazing job. Yeah, because it's bringing that 
positive impact and that positive influence on these kids and the, most kids today don't even have that yeah so they're they're reaching out for some sort of structure in their lives to to become better to be to be able to live out in the community without any regrets or any um anybody that will look down on these kids yeah so that's yeah that, <laughs> yeah that's that's got to be a tough job i certainly don't have the personality or mentality for it so so kudos to you on that um i would assume and no offense to you know our great police officers out there i know many of them you know go out of their way to look for for troubled youth and, and help them and so forth but you know they can only do so much that's not the main part of, of their job always so for for some of these youth you may be the very first person they come in contact that actually cares. Is, is that a good statement or is that just ignorant? Yes. Yes. And um, I'm, yeah, it, it definitely is like uh, when it's all about that first impression, I guess you could say. And um, a lot of these kids, when they come in there, they're, they're bad, they're angry and it's our job as officers up there is to keep them safe and make them feel i wouldn't necessarily say comfortable because a lot of them aren't but it does help them like relax and be comfortable to even telling telling us what's going on with them so we can so we can change it and redirect them in a different path yeah yeah and I had the, obviously, I had the distinct pleasure of reading your chapter in From No Worth to, to Self-Worth, so I know that, that you have an unfortunate background where you understand some of these kids that are coming through. Um, you either went through exactly what they went through or something similar. Is, is that a good way of saying it? Yes, yes, I I am too. Was a juvenile. Um, I was I was horrible, horrible. <laughs> um, I always, I always like. I guess uh, I didn't like authority. I didn't like to be told what to do, or how to do it, or because at a young age I'm like, okay, this is my life. This ain't your life. You know, I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do. And for many years, I mean, at the age of 15, I, I was just, it's like, I, I didn't care. And I didn't care about who I hurt, who, who was there. I didn't have any care in the world. Um, I was always fighting. Always, I did drugs. I did you name it, I did it. I hung out with the wrong crowd, uh, gang members, and that's what led me to a downward path. Um, so it wasn't until an actual juvenile corrections officer changed my, changed my perspective and made me, she redirect me in a Mm -hmm. positive path. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, it, it just been going, you know, I've been doing better. Um, yeah, how, I, how, how, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but uh, yeah, I, yeah, 
I'm really interested in this piece of it because, um, as you know from reading my chapter, I talk about my alcoholism and we talk about, you know, in AA meetings and outside of that, even with my sponsor, is that, you know, I'll say, well, you know, you, know, you never, you, you never uh, woke up in an alley like I did because of alcohol. And you always have somebody say, yeah, you know, I woke up in jail instead. So I don't want to hear about your alley story. <laughs> so, you know, do you find yourself where with, with some of these unfortunate youth, they come in and say, well, you don't know my story. And does that allow you to come back and say, yeah, I know your story because I lived it. And does that change the conversation or are they still kind of defiant or is it depend on the kid, I guess? Yeah, it actually depends on the kid. Um... Well, I did actually change one life because um, it was similar to what I went through. Mm -hmm. And she came into the facility and I could have let her go. Just, just basically what was on her, um, what she was being charged with. She was, she was being charged with something that it doesn't, doesn't necessarily need a pros be prosecuted. Um, so what I did is I interviewed her and assessed her and I was asking her, kept asking her questions. Um, she was coming in cause she was bouncing from hotel room to hotel room. And after talking to her for so long, she admitted to me that she was being, um, she was what do, you, what do you call it? Like prostituted. Yeah. She, she was in was prostitution. Basic, basically, yeah, being trafficked, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So after carefully interviewing her, I asked her some more questions. I said, well, well what's going on? She goes, I'm just too embarrassed and I don't want to say it. And I was like, well, you could, you could let me know. And then I gave her my story. And she was able to feel more relaxed to tell me what was going on, who was involved. And I was able to actually change her life at that point because I was able to catch uh, the, I guess, the, the guy that was doing that to her. Yeah. And we were able to get him off the streets. He's actually in prison right now. So we, we, she changed her life around after talking to her. Um, she came back. She actually came back and visited me. And she goes, I'm doing great now. I'm passing my awesome. classes at school. She said she has a, she has a job um, working in a retail store. She is wanting to go to school. And now she's wanting to become a probation officer. So that, that, that made my heart just like drop and she's like because of you cared mm -hmm. my life has changed for the better so yeah i'm like that puts a smile on your face <laughs> it really does yeah that's 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 such an awesome story and you got to have a passion for this job because i know you're not doing it for the money um <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's enough money out there. To, to do it. You, 
Coming this March 27th through the 29th, 2022 in Savannah, Georgia, is the first Public Safety Business Summit, a program specifically created for organizations that serve first responders. What you will experience is a high level of networking and collaboration among like-minded leaders who are in the business of serving first responders. What you won't get are a series of boring lectures with no interactivity, ridiculous golf outings that are only appealing to a few attendees, or a couple of retreaded subjects that you can hear at any credit union league event that are just thrown into the curriculum. We offer an engaging agenda where attendees even help to determine the content during the actual conference based on their unique needs. If you run a business, a credit union, or a nonprofit that specifically serves first responders, then the Public Safety Business Summit is for you. For more information, go to www.policecreditunions.com or call 331-300-9889. We hope to see you in Savannah on March 27th, 28th, and 29th of 2022. You, ba you basically have to have a lot of patience with these yeah. kids and every single one of them is different but a lot of them come out like with the same outcome they they're just looking for a purpose in life and that's what we give to them yeah yeah now the real important question is that bastard that was exploiting that girl is he being trafficked in prison that got me so angry i i had to email the juvenile detective and i said you need to find this you need to find this guy now <laughs> she, a... she found him pretty quick yeah yeah you were out of mission well, you know, as as unfortunate, and, I, and I've seen this so many times, and you talk about it in your chapter, is you know we 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 have these paths, um, you know, sometimes they're they're highly negative and unfortunate, but you know, we we embrace them, you know, in order to help somebody else, and even if we just helped one person, that process was worth it. Is was that your number one motivation to be a part of this book from no worth to self worth, or was there something other or additional to 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 motivate you to be a part of this collaboration? That that's actually was my motivation, just just changing because that that's always been my passion um, ever since I became in the juvenile justice system. Um, my passion has always been to saving, saving lives and changing lives. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have a quote up at work, um, changing lives for a brighter future. And that's, that's what, that's one of the reasons why I was motivated to do this book. Cause I'm sure, I'm sure there's more people out there that have been through the same thing as I have. And I'm hoping that them just by reading the chapter or anybody's chapter in here it can it can change their lives and they can realize that they are worth more than what they believe they are mm -hmm. 
And I love, I love the title of your chapter, uh, A Measure of Purpose. Is, is that your measure of purpose is to, to give something back, to tell this story? Or, you know, we, t- just tell us, what is, what is your measure of purpose? How do, you, how do you define that? The way I define my measure of purpose is I want to be the best that I can be. And to measure that, I got to find through like my inner character, my strengths, my weaknesses. And that's what, how I measured up my self-worth. That's how I, I realized that, Hey, I want to be a better parent. I want to be a better mom. I want to be a better friend, family member, or whatever the case may be Mm -hmm. is I want to be able to change others lives and actually make an impact in in the community or it, even in the world that would, that would be great too yeah yeah so and that chapter was so good is is that a leverage to something else what's next for tree and her measure of purpose is it your 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 own book on its own is it a whole workbook or are we gonna you know see on nbc what's what's uh, what's next for tree <laughs> what what's next for me actually i'm actually inspired to actually write a whole biography to even get into more depth of who i am and how I become, because I just I just talk about little spurts of what I what I did in the chapter, but I didn't want to go into too much detail because I I was actually inspired well by my friend Sean Laurie. Mm-hmm. He he another inspired. great guy who was part of the collaboration. He's chapter one. <laughs> yes, he's chapter one. Amazing guy, amazing guy, and he actually changed me because before I, I was I was a little shy and didn't want to talk you know I didn't want to get myself out there and he he actually helped me do it so and with uh, him I'm I'm just inspired by how how he did it and I'm like you know this would be an awesome opportunity for me to get my word out there to maybe, maybe what I did in the past is going to reflect on others' views or beliefs. And, and maybe, maybe they will, I mean, I'm, I'm inspired. So my passion is to actually write another book. Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll make sure to get you back on this damn show so we can promote that book too. Uh, <laughs> but but since you're since you're in between, you know our collaboration in your own book. Yeah, here's an opportunity for for those folks out there. We unfortunately we have a number of public safety professionals. Um, especially our law enforcement with the divisiveness and so forth that, that are going through a real rough time right now. Um, yeah, I, I know some personally that uh, whether it's drugs or bad marriage or alcohol or, or what have you that are, are really going through a rough time right now. Um, you, know, you obviously went through a rough time and bounced back. You know, do you have any 
words of advice or words of wisdom for those folks out there in our audience? Um, they, basically, my advice is keep going. Yeah. Keep pushing forward. Be your, be your own superhero. And I like that. Own destiny. A lot, a lot of people would sit there. Well, I'm great. Um, I'm regretting my past, or you know, I should have never done this. And you know, they look down on themselves for that. But uh, to me, and this was actually coming from one of the supervision officers that helped me. And she told me, embrace your past because that's what who makes you makes who you are today is just by embracing your struggles. And I never understood that. I'd, I'm like, okay, why, why would anybody want to embrace such a negative past? And, and then I thought of it as I got older and I'm like, you know what? That's who made me, me today mm -hmm. is my past struggles. So always, always embrace your struggle. Don't ever regret what you did. Don't ever regret it. Just embrace it for a positive solution. And then, you know, my other advice, just keep going. You're always going to have those barriers, the, the brick wall, you know, bust through that wall. And it's always better to just work harder and not cutting corners mm -hmm. because it's all in how you work is what gives the value. The Yeah, that, that is an awesome answer on, on two levels. I love, I love the line, be your own superhero. Um, makes me want to ask you what your favorite superhero is. It's probably Wonder Woman or something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I love that line. And you can't change what happened before. So you might as well leverage it because the only other choice you have is, or choice is, is to ignore it and be depressed by it. <laughs> or be depressed by it and and last you know i i know from uh many professionals out there that that work with folks that are uh, unfortunately depressed that one of the best solutions you know it's instead of drugs is is movement mm -hmm. it's just simply movement is you know you, you're sitting in bed until three in the afternoon you're sitting on on the couch you know, walk down the block. Just that one simple action many times is it's what little thing is going to get you that help to get out of that hole is just simply movement. Move forward somehow. Yes. And also take time for yourself. Yeah. You know, I, like me, I started because I just wanted to get away. So I'll read it. I'll read a good book. I'll take a hot bath or I go for a walk, but I also started learning how to play guitar. Mm. So I taught. I'm are you, are you going to play? Are you going to play for us? I, I don't have my guitar with me. Right no, now. good excuse. Yeah. <laughs> Cause we put you on the spot in public safety talk radio, <laughs> but I've, I've been teaching myself how, how to, and I, I always like doing different hobbies or challenges. So that that's, yeah. 
that's one of my hobbies and my challenges yeah. is to learn how to play. So I, th I really enjoy it. Got it. Got it. Well, your next challenge is to finish that next book, Tree. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm already in the process. As I, what I did is like, ever since I was young, I wrote in a journal. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know what, this would be great to put into like a book. Yeah. So I'm going to use that because there's a lot of stuff that I didn't mention in the chapter that it really could use. It could be used and helped it, uh, to save others. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can only write so much. I think Sean Douglas gave us 10 to 12 pages, but you, but you did a great job with the 10 to 12 pages that you had tree. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll definitely look forward to that new book. Uh, for all of the audience out there, we will put a link to From No Worth to Self Worth. If you want to learn a little bit more about uh, Trees Chapter, Chapter 3. Uh, and most importantly, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Oh, thanks for having me. I, I love it. I, I enjoyed every minute. <laughs> awesome. It's a pleasure to have you, a pleasure to share your story, and a pleasure to have all of you out there, whether you've watched or listened to this episode of Public Safety Talk Radio, and we'll be back with you next week with another great episode. Public Safety Talk Radio is produced by the POCUA. POCUA is a consortium of financial institutions serving law enforcement as well as other first responders and public safety professionals. To learn more about our association and to find one of our credit unions or service providers near you, go to www.policecreditunions.com. And always remember, if you aren't working with one of our POCUA credit unions, you're just banking with an institution that just so happens to serve first responders. As a public safety professional, you and your family deserve better. Find a POCUA credit union today.